Greetings, nerds. This is Sina Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. And with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I already have the title of this episode. Oh, that's awesome. And joining us tonight is our in-house arrow expert, Tasha. Welcome back, Tasha. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. you're, yeah, you're going to have to carry the arrow conversation. I mean, I'll watch this week's episode, but, but I will defer to the two masters here. Because you guys oh. are... You guys are like the Arrow experts. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we're not here just to talk about Arrowverse. That's like five minutes. We have yeah. Elite to cover. We have Succession. I mean, Tasha's not just defined by one show. I have been yeah. following this girl, yeah. and she's just a TV expert. She knows totally. what's yeah. happening. She, yep. she, I don't know how many hours in a day she has. I only have 24. But my <laughs> God, the amount of shows you watch, and it is crazy. And yeah, you know it, my weird viewing habits are like randomly binging three and four episodes at a time because I I never watch everything all like I never watch stuff when they're airing. Last weekend I watched like four episodes of succession back to back to just finally finish out the season. Man, I you know that those four episodes though, run binging those, that must have been something because it, it I watched so them good. week to week, and I was just blown away. Like, the escalation, and then that finale. That's one of the most per- perfect season finales I've ever seen. It was so good. Oh, oh, man. It was so good. And Logan's face at the end was the best part, because I feel like he knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like he set it up. He wanted his son. He told him. He's like, I don't feel like you have the killer instinct. Right. And as soon as he went and he threw him under the bus, he, he kind of turned to the side and had that little smile. Mm-hmm. Like, there it is now. Because he, he, he said, like, oh, they're going to accept it being me. Right. And he's thrown in the bus for the whole um, travel situation in their company. But the whole time, they, he had gotten the phone call from them saying, the whole board saying, hey, guess what? We want it to be you. You should be mm-hmm. thrown in the bus for this. You're horrible. <laughs> so that was exactly. such a great finale. So the blood sacrifice. The, yeah. the only thing that was missing, for me at least, and there was a little of it, but this season, I am all in on Kendall, and uh, or not Kendall, but Roman and Jerry. That dynamic was so I fascinating. So I love it so so much did you See. read there was an interview photo mm-hmm. floating around online mm-hmm. you we read that interview right and it's oh it's yeah that happened between the actors behind the scenes and they were just like oh this works they just yeah. naturally had that chemistry so they wrote it into the script and i love when stuff that like that happens i mean we saw it happen on arrow it happened on um my gosh there's like a detective show where the tech girl and the one of the um, CSIs or whatever. Oh, um, uh, CSI. Oh, gosh. And CIS? No, it's not S- that one. CSI? C- C- the, the original? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. We're a mess tonight. <laughs> uh, the guy from SWAT, he's on a SWAT show now, but he used to oh. be on uh, the Profiler show. Oh, I know. Yeah, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. That's the one. Yeah, yeah that was a good show. Yeah. That, that was a very good show. Those yeah. two, like, they just met behind the scenes and they started flirting, and it was something that they wrote into the script because they were just like, wow, these two are a mess. I love when stuff like that happens. So Jerry and him, that was that was so much fun. I like how we were naming all of these shows with acronyms, <laughs> and then it turned out to be Criminal Minds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same show. It's all the I was going around to it. They're all the same. They're, they're, it's a police procedural drama, just, you know, just different night mm-hmm. i won't get i won't get into it i have my procedurals it's called the Arrowverse. that's true yeah. oh yeah <laughs> oh, but what really floored me was when you started tweeting about elite season two because that season i thought i was one of the few people watching it and loving it and then i saw your tweets and i was like yep Yep, Tasha knows what's happening and what's no knows what's going on right now. I didn't watch the first. I binged both. Mm-hmm. I, I binged them back to back, and season two was so good because I didn't expect 
that Samuel and Guzman had set it up from the beginning. Like, I just, that wasn't, I was like, oh man, please tell me they didn't kill Samuel. This is, I don't want this. Right. And the entire time they just show this this tension that Guzman hates this guy's guts. Like, he doesn't like him. He thinks he, him and his brother are the reason he lost his sister. So there's just no way. So I just love that that was the twist at the end, that the entire time they were working together because they wanted to prove who killed her. Right. And I really fell in love with this show because of Nadia and Guzman. So I didn't really care about Samuel. I had no investment. But this season, that whole dynamic between him and I forget her name. I want to say it's Anna, but I don't think so. Carla. Samuel Carla. Yes. Oh my God. They were so fascinating. And I love how they ended it. I feel like Carla's kind of a sociopath. She she definitely has some daddy issues. (laughs) Like there's a cruelty to her and it's like she doesn't want to be that way. She definitely has daddy issues, but there's like this very closed off, very strange kind of cruelty about her. But there's also this softer side that she's always kind of hiding from everybody. And it's weird because she you see her like play it. Like the actress is very good. She there's a struggle in her to try to be a nice person. It's it's very fascinating to watch the two of them because they like each other, but they hate each other and they're always trying to manipulate each other. It's right. Very weird. She does a better job of that than the actor who plays Guzman because I could see in season one they were trying to do a very similar effect. Mm-hmm. But and maybe this is just the difference between females and males because with I see, we see that all the time with the male characters where they are originally a bad person or perceived in that way, very cocky and arrogant. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, over time, you see that softer side and then all that that's all you see. Like t- yes. suddenly they've gone from the heel to the baby face. And then with Carla, you still by the end of season two, you you do like her, but you also see there is that manipulation, mm-hmm. a part of her where it's almost survival. And you can't fault her for that, where she has grown up in a world where she's realized that the only one who's really going to save her or protect her is her. So it's not about needing a man. It's not about Samuel or anything. Even though she's drawn to him, she also knows that in her world, attachments are short term. Yeah, and it could be it's something that's easily that's easily used as a weakness like her father Mm -hmm. will manipulate it and she doesn't want to give anybody that kind of upper hand over her so it's very much a it's a struggle for her and And it's very character super interesting this season oh absolutely i and i wish that there were more characters like her on on tv I think that's very true to um, for a lot of females right now and that independence and ability to not necessarily have to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Wow, things just got personal. Will. (laughs) (laughs) I have a, yeah, I I, I was just sitting back and just enjoying the discussion of of the week too because I knew you guys were going to like just totally gush over the show, so. <laughs> and you've told and, and you've told me not to watch it, so I'm just like, okay. It's just, well, there's shows I recommend to you, yeah. and then there's shows that I don't. Yeah, yeah, and that's one you yeah. recommend. Yeah, that's one you did. You recommend it not to watch. So yeah, I just I don't I can't picture you dressed up in your flash costume watching Elite season <laughs> two. I just can't picture that. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that the entire high school um, 13 Reasons Why drama of it is just going to be like, eh, that's not, that's not for you. <laughs> Which this show does skew very 13 reason Why, but it does it better. Yes, it does. Far, and, far, it's, far, far better. and it's shorter season. Like the whole 13 episode thing, Netflix has to start getting over because I think their shows that are 10 or 8 episodes are far superior than their 13 um episode long ones it's the same thing with our shows with the cw shows the longer you sometimes it's just short and sweet like that's the storyline is tighter it makes more sense when you're trying to all that filler it doesn't help anything Mm -hmm. absolutely very much so which i mean speaking of that watchmen debuted um over the weekend and it's only nine episodes 
so great. I loved that. I didn't expect to like it as much as I liked it. So did you I, read the, I, did you read the comic? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. read the comic. The only thing I did was see, I saw the movie and I didn't like the movie, which is insane because they had such great actors. And I was bored to tears in that movie for some reason. But I loved this episode. Like, I really loved it. You were bored to tears because my nemesis directed the movie. And he just is known to direct and produce very good trailers for movies. And then when you're watching the movie, you're bored to tears. Yeah, yeah. Well, good thing is this this movie has, this, this show has nothing to do with the movie. So you... So if you haven't watched the movie, you're to be forgiven. And, and don't feel bad. And don't feel bad because you haven't watched the movie. You're not. You're not missing anything by um, because this this universe is is really more. Uh, it, I guess I've heard back and forth as far as whether it's a direct sequel for, to the original comic or uh, you know, it's in the shared universe. So, but yeah, I, I just I, I think. It has enough elements in it that it is, it is uh, I would call it a sequel to the comics. And, you know, that's one thing, though, that watching the episode, as much as I liked it, it was very refreshing. I love the world building. I love how they did not spoon feed information to anyone about anything. And we were just following the characters. It was very natural. I still felt, having watched the movie... And being the one one of the people who um, really was invested in the movie just because of the trailer, like that trailer, if you haven't seen it, it's one of the best trailers ever, I think. I just, I remember watching that so many times and then going into the movie and like Tasha said, being bored to tears. <laughs> but still, in knowing that this show's being going to be produced and on HBO, I kind of wanted to to give those characters where I thought I was going to get this epic story and I wanted to see that all here. And I understand this is the first episode. Nine times out of ten, I always hate the first episodes of things. So I did enjoy this episode. There was just this, this absence of those characters that I know are coming or well, are part of this world. Because... Yeah, there is one character that is part of this world. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan. He has been shown in trailers, so yeah. he is coming. Well, Dr. Manhattan was shown in this one. I mean, he was shown on Mars when the when his whole structure was collapsing there. Yeah, but they've shown him in other clips. Yeah, so we know yeah. he's in this universe, but... And he's coming. Yeah, but the comedian's dead, so he can't return. Well, yeah, and I'm not talking about the comedian. I'm talking about Dr. Manhattan. And then also Jeremy Irons' character is also, I think, uh, Asmodeus. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, the character who reminds me of one of my least favorite shows, um, Pennyworth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you watch Pennyworth? Nope. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I tried. We, we, we tried. I tried to give it a good college try, but yeah, it just didn't. Uh, three episodes and then quit. Oh. I mean, I made it a four, and wow. then quit. <laughs> I made it till three, and then I was like, no, uh, uh-uh. no, no, no. And yeah, people still rave about the show. Anyways, that's a tangent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to Watchmen. All right, guys. More thoughts about it. Like it opens up Tulsa, nineteen twenty-one. Mm-hmm. A very historic, like entrance in a show that is like this is what i love about this episode you it 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 really focused on setting a reality and then every now and then you would get glimmers into this is not the reality you're used to or you're living in but it still feels grounded enough where you're like oh um i i understand that why this situation like i i get it like this is stuff that's currently happening in the world today so yeah. um it it almost is on par with how game of thrones did it where it really made it feel like you were um it was some kind of story from medieval times and yet as the seasons went went on and more creatures started to appear you're like no this is a real other world fantasy show yeah 
I felt like you could connect to like the people, like you see Regina mm-hmm. King's character and she's like, okay, I'm just a mom, just at school for show yep. and tell. And that's normal. And then she's driving her kid home and ah, we're raining squids. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's raining. It's just normal. What? <laughs> so that's just like, okay, this world is very different, but there's something so grounded that you're like, I can connect to the mom part, but the squids, I, I don't know. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the, 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 the groundedness, it was two things actually from the, at the very beginning, because one, you, you had the silent movie mm. uh, that, that, you know, it just, you know, because it really, when you think about the time period, 1921, it, you, you really juxtapose that silent movie, with what other big silent movie came out around that time, Birth of a Nation. So, mm-hmm. so where you had it with the in the watchman you did have this true character bass uh the sheriff uh who was bass reeves bass reeves was actually a real person not because i know a lot of people are focusing on the tulsa massacre but right in that in that opening sequence there was actually two historical figures uh and i you know i, I knew about the tulsa massacre but i did not i actually learned about bass reeves in this uh in this show um he was an actual u.s marshal uh one of the first african-american um individuals and learning more about him i think the 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 lone ranger character was actually kind of based off of his his exploits and adventures during that time period so you had him as a sheriff coming in you know and then, and then, of course, you had the the Tulsa the massacre, which again, as you guys talked about, definitely set up this real world, this this uh, grounded this show, uh, which really caught me off guard. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. As far as you know, I wasn't expecting that kind of opening to a to a a comic book based show. And I don't think anybody was. It, yeah. it really, yeah, and and given that that was the context, it was like, oh, okay. This is, you know, I was instantly like, oh, I got to see what you're going to do with this. Yeah. And, and, and as they, you know, Regina King, badass. I mean, she's just, but again, outstanding character. I, I love the scene in the school because she's trying to teach these kids. And then, you know, you have the kid, you know, and it had all these little Easter eggs throughout the, in the classroom. I mean, you had poster of the presidents and of course you saw i was like is that robert redford and sure enough yeah. it is. <laughs> and, and, been and president for like 40 years like, he's like yeah and, and and the kid like the red for rations so i was like because i had to watch i watched the show i watched it twice the, the pilot and i was just like the first time i missed them saying red for nations but then the second time i was like oh he said yeah and yeah. and just and and then of course the other thing that i noticed was was uh, Ashley's kids, um, Angela's kids, they're white. Yep. And, and so, you know, it, it, it ties into that Red Ferations because that was, you know, basically, you know, you had the Black Wall Street that was destroyed by by the mob in 1921. And then you see, because of the Red Ferations and all this other stuff, this new economic empowerment in that community where African-Americans are like the ones who are in a nice middle-class homes. And, mm-hmm. and, and so it was just great how they just sort of set that whole world up for even more things to come in that, in, in, in the episode. And of course the season. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of us now want um, to take An- uh, Angela's attire and that's the Halloween costume. Oh yeah. Oh, this year. Cause awesome. like, Oh my God, that, I love that costume, and I, yeah, it was just great. Um, but another character who I thought was used really interesting because I like how they set up this whole, you know, the silent movie opening caught off everyone off guard. But then as they transition into present day and meeting the Calvary and also the police force and how it there is very like similar to cowboys and Indians. Mm-hmm. And and just in how the names and everything like that fight sequence at the end, 
like all of the um they were on horses and there's cannonballs and it it's like this is present day and yet it feels like a war that is happening in another time like in an older time with all all of the um technology we have right now so it's really interesting um even with the pileup of bodies uh, that happened during world war one and all of the trenches so but the the character was the looking glass because I like how the cavalry is using, making this homage to Rorschach with their their mask. And yet, with the looking glass, when they put him in, um, I, I forget what they called it. Then you got to see why the detectives wear that mask. Mm-hmm. And it's very, and flash all of those images. And, you, and it does become, all of a sudden, a Rorschach test. And I thought that was genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they're both using the same tools um, to fight this war, but in very different ways. And I, I think that's really um, ingenious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it was an ingenious move and just how the way they did that interrogation to, to figure out, you know, is this guy the 7th Cavalry white supremacist? Um and you know, and again, it ties back to the things they set up earlier with the red federations, and and part of the those I think I read somewhere where uh, those those the, the red federations were set up in a way that exempted um, the African American citizens of the United States from paying taxes. So the thing that was the the part that gave him away prior to uh, Rene King just whooping his ass was uh, the, the the fact that he said yes when, he, when the question was asked, should all Americans pay taxes? Yeah. But it was just that, that, that whole scene, I mean, he had, you know, this clearly in this world, you still had, you know, we, the images, you still had, you know, 9-11 didn't happen and because you saw the, t- the two towers pressed, still there and just all the images that they that they used in that in that sequence it was just it was again just very like you said Sarah just using the looking glass as the the Rorschach test for uh, trying to ferret out the subversive element uh, was just very very good storytelling I thought and very fresh compared to some of the rote stuff that we're constantly like given each week for some other shows yeah all the detectives sitting there behind the what the two-way glass like this was definitely yeah. a new spin on yeah doing an interrogation yeah they don't have that on criminal minds no, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> um any other thoughts about watchmen in the first episode um, just excited for the second one yeah i i a couple one other thing as far as Don Johnson's character, uh, the sheriff Judd, and uh, his motivations, because I, I, I the way the way the show ended, it, it makes me wonder if he was uh, was a double agent or or was his motives entirely pure? Um, because it, it just seemed very very convenient how he was how he was offed. And also, it was, I guess, the the kid who, of course, we saw we were introduced with in the Tulsa massacre. Of course, it's all grown up. Louis, you know, Louis Goss's character, uh, which I don't think they gave. Did they give him a name? I don't recall if they did or not. Uh, but we do it was him because the letter that uh, his father gave to him when they bundled him up to to send him out of town to safety uh, was was there on the wheelchair and you take care um, of and the then, little boy. Yeah, yeah, and then of course just the uh, the little in universe will tie in to the to the to the comedian with the blood splatter on the shield instead of the instead of the happy face. I love that. Um, so predictions: Do you think they're going to end every episode with something falling and then a little speck of blood just to pay an homage to that image that a lot of us tie to the Watchmen? I think yeah, I think yeah. it's going yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they had Easter eggs all throughout. It. I mean, even when like Angela was like 
teaching the class with the eggs. The I mean, smiley face and the smiley egg bowl, yeah. Bowl. I mean, it's just all all these Easter eggs all throughout the uh, all throughout the show. That uh, I mean, because I, I I haven't read the Watchmen in years, but I, I've read Doomsday Clock, the direct sequel equals to the comic. Uh, I guess it was a series that came out uh, about a year or two ago, and uh, yeah, it's it's just, you know splattered everywhere the button. So uh, yeah, that's that's definitely going to be be there. Uh, you know, I definitely, I agree with you about um, the character, the way his death, like leading up to his death, those like small moments. Like when you see him walk away from the rest of the family at the table and then you realize like he's off to the side kind of doing drugs and then he goes back to the table. And then when he talks to his wife and he's like, oh, it's been a really hard week. And I'm just like, why does it, it didn't feel like, oh, it's a hard week because, you know, a cop got shot or whatever. It felt like he was hiding something. It felt Mm -hmm. like there was kind of a guilt or a weight or something else that was on him. Which is why I spent the entire episode waiting for them to show him um, being part of the Calvary. Mm-hmm. Spend the entire episodes, and which would have been the easy choice to make. Yeah, yeah, it, because that's that's the cliche. We've seen it a thousand times where we think that um, the main character there um, they have this this quote unquote wiser person who's able to protect them, but then it, it turns out at the end of the episode that that person's out also working with the enemy. And I'm so glad they didn't do that. And they, they made it the harder way, which was to kill him. And honestly, during that after, at the end of that um, end fight sequence, when they end up crashing the ship, I was like, Oh, Oh, he's dead. Okay. And then, <laughs> He comes out and they start laughing and I was I was still waiting. I'm like, okay, where's the I was shot? Expecting him to get shot. Yeah, exactly. So they just they just dragged it out. It was coming and coming and and then they they made it more of um, a statement, which is going to tie into a lot of what they set up because there is a political game happening right now. Um, And I mean, the, he made the decision to allow the police force to um, no longer have to stick with that protocol to release their weapons because they are under threat and attack um, and fear for their lives. So now people, now the police force um, are weaponized. So, and he already made the decision, so I wonder if maybe the debate, well, do we take it back now because he just got killed, or if that further proves that yeah, they um, they keep their weapons. Exactly. 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 Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm glad you brought up about the weapons, too, because that, that, that when we were, were first introduced to present day, I mean, that was the very first scene that we that we had mm-hmm. where the, with the traffic stop, and, and the, 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 the script was, was flipped. Again, when thinking about present day, as far as, um, you know, with the driving while black or whatever, and, you know, this time you had uh, the uh, farmer who was the guy who was stopped. And, and you know, I, I, and I saw this, I did see the the police officer getting killed coming. I mean, it was it was pretty well telegraphed that that was going to happen. But just the, the way they set up the world and also to, to follow up on your point, Sarah, about how they were become weaponized when he was trying to get his taser out of the out of the charge. I mean, how many times he had to get authorization to use deadly force? Okay, I'm sorry. Before I said um, that Angela's costume was going to be, we're going to see it a lot during Halloween. I take it back. We're actually going to see the panda costume yes. a whole lot more because <laughs> that was the craziest thing to me. <laughs> I like how they they mention the name during that very intense scene and then they wait a few scenes and then we're back at the police force and they're panning in the next scene (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not even a full costume it's just a head (laughs) on a human body (laughs) and they're arguing you're making the wrong call Chief. you're you're making the wrong call I'm like do you know how many panda gifts that one scene ruined for me? Oh, man. <laughs> I won't say it anymore to you. <laughs> it's 
No, a panda. <laughs> no, all I was thinking about was, you know, that gif with the panda in the office, like, mm. smashing all mm. the computer screens. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same brain, same brain. Totally yeah. agree. I went straight there, too, because that was, for a while, one of my favorite gifts to use. I haven't used it in a while, and as soon as I saw that, I went straight there with, I was just like, oh, no, not the panda from the office. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so great. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> all right. So I think that's all of our thoughts on Watchmen. And yeah. Will, you you get an A plus because I did not rewatch it. But after hearing you mention all those Easter eggs, clearly I miss things. I was focused too much on the panda, obviously. Oh. <laughs> It's easy to focus on the panda. I mean, it's uh, it's just the panda head. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> going to work and like Tasha was saying, how do you take somebody wearing that seriously? <laughs> that's the person yeah, that you have to ask to, to use your weapon. The panda that's head. The, no. that's, yeah, that's the trick or treater I'm gonna be looking for. I'm gonna be looking for the panda. <laughs> We're recording next week on Halloween, so yeah, we're definitely. I'm definitely gonna report oh. back how many pandas I saw. <laughs> oh my god! And not even full costume, just the yeah, head. Just, just the head. head. Just the head. Okay, and you have to like business ta- um, panda on top and business attire on the bottom. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So even so, I like how. Thank God they drop these episodes on Sunday nights because we'll watch an Arrowverse and keeping up on all the shows. Boy, is it tiring for me right now. It's hard. It's hard. It's too many. There's like what five shows on concurrently right now. So I've yeah. lost count. Uh, I mean, so, something always gets lost. I mean, this week for me, is it was Supergirl. I did manage to catch every the other the other four, but yeah. There's a new Wells. Oh my yeah. God! Always a new Wells. <laughs> there, there, there is a new Wells. Yeah, Nash Wells. Nash Wells. All right. But is let's... he like? Um, is he? Aren't we getting like Pariah? Like, do we think that Wells is going to be Pariah? No. I don't. No, no, I don't think so. No. They do so duplicate Wells. Wells. <laughs> <laughs> that that Wells. They have Wells to spare. They have Wells to spare. Yeah, I mean, you hate watch Batwoman, apparently. <laughs> well, I, I, as, I, as we were saying before we recorded, so just let me hear me out, everyone. So I, I don't think I'm the only one who feels this way. I, I, I like, so, you know, we talked about the pilot, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Um, and I said, I will give it, give it, you know, give it a fair chance. And this episode, this week, finally, I, I was like, okay, it's finally starting to get out of the Arrowverse tropes a little bit. Um, but I, I, I guess at its core for me is the show for me works so much better when we actually have have Batwoman instead of Kate. Um, and it's just the reason why I say that is I just feel that the way Ruby Rose is portraying Kate is very wooden and it's just very hard to get engaged with that character because it's just like she is just reading lines while she of dialogue instead of actually acting. Yeah. 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 There's just no emotion there. It's just like, I am looking for Alice. And I'm like, okay, give me some emotion. Give me something that convinces me that you're actually doing it. The character that really stands out to me is um, is uh, Sophie. Yes. yes. And, and that's the one that keeps me very interested in this show. Alice, you know, it's the, it's the old Joker phenomenon as far as, you know, let the serial killer go. Uh, but I, I like Alice too. I mean, I think it's a looks like it's uh could be it's going to maybe grow into a very compelling villain for the show uh, but those are the two things that are that are keeping me anchored and of course and, and when and when kate is is batwoman in, in in the costume because i do think the physicality of the character and she does 
Ruby seems more comfortable when she is portraying Batwoman instead of portraying Kate. I would actually agree with that, that she she does. Because, I mean, when you're Kate, you're just playing um, pretty much yourself. And actors, sometimes there's a reason why they went into that profession where they get to play dress up and pretend to be someone else. And maybe Ruby is just finding that it's hard um, to portray that side as opposed to getting into the full Batman outfit and really embodying the superhero aspect of the show. My, and I don't have the big issue with her as an actress. Um, I think with the merit material she's given, she's, you know, it's, it's minimum. Um, there are, of course, I don't think it's nearly on par with Stephen Amell or Grant Gustin or in Melissa. terms of that. Or even Melissa, there we go, I, for some reason. Which, I mean, I watched Supergirl. I don't remember anything that happened um, because the last <laughs> season continues to yeah. have, like, I, far like superior. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this season has been a letdown to me so far. Just feels like the same episode yeah. again and again and again and again. But my big problem with Batwoman right now is I continue to watch it and think to myself, this, if I watch this two, three years from now, it's not going to hold up. The set design is pretty atrocious. Pretty atrocious. I mean, if some of the shots, and maybe they're doing this on purpose, but I'm like, did they take this? Is this the same set that they used in, I don't know, 1989 Batman? Because yeah. this just looks so um, storyboard and... Like, like no money whatsoever to produce this show. Um, and so that's disheartening. But but I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I don't mind it. I like they they are really all in on this character. That's the one thing. Yeah. Despite all of that, there is something about it where the um they really are making it clear like this is the character from the books. And this is who we're going to present. And we're not going to make any trade-offs. Like, we're not going to alter who she is from the books. Um, you're you're yeah. getting Kate Kane, whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. You are getting Kate Kane. And, uh, yeah. And I'm glad they're doing that. Uh, I, I'm, and the other thing I'm hoping that they do is they, follow, they step out of Batman's shadow. Because they still, the way I feel like, just address it and move on. You don't need to constantly, like have the the i'm better i'm this i'm that lines it's just like okay we get it you're different move on you don't need to like put such a point on it every single week maybe i don't know i'm wondering if you know they're basically saying that this front half of the season is like not in tune with um with what with what's happening for all the other shows. Yeah. Or at least that's what I saw in it. So I'm wondering if maybe some of that is stuff that, you know, once we get to the crisis, once she's like ca caught up and on par with all the rest of the shows, some of that stuff that people don't like in the first half of the season, they're going to push it aside and then get into the real meat of the story without focusing on, oh my God, we're, we need to prove that she's better than Batman. Just make her be better than Batman. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the character. The character we got in Elseworlds, yeah, I mean, she was already arrived. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wearing the red wig and everything. Yeah. I I actually like what they're doing with the Batman elements of the show. I don't I don't know why. I like that going into with the pilot episode, there was a, a she despised that character because she blamed the death of her mom and sister on it. And then she discovered the truth. And realize um, also more importantly that it wasn't his fault and that now is kind of, she's always adored her cousin. That's very evident throughout the show. But now I think she's even becoming, um, has a deeper respect for Batman and what he symbolized because there is a shift, especially in this last episode yeah. where she realizes um, that 
by doing this, by putting down the soup, it's not about personal vendettas. It's not about saving her loved ones. It's about the city and really being a protector and yeah. making sure that um, everyone who lives there is safe and no one falls off of bridges. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so there, they, yeah. like, there's elements that I like. Um, and I like that they're not shying away from it. First season of Supergirl, they completely shied away from Super Superman. Um, and then as the seasons progressed, they started incorporating him more and more elements um, that we all knew into that show. And, and it seemed to breathe life into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually don't mind all of the references to Batman. Yeah. I, and like I said, I don't mind him, but I, I just, it just... I, I was worried that it was just going to get kind of repetitive. So to, yeah. I think you, you made a very good point how they, how this episode in particular, ha- she has made the realization of, oh, here's, I, I'm now the protector of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm hoping we'll, we'll grow from that. And, and yes, the bat is, man is still there, but it's just, it's, you know, now let's really focus on, on Kate's growth as as the protector of Gotham. Right, right, and especially um, not being a crow. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> just, yeah. What's with all of these flying people? Yeah. Like, you have Batman, and then the crows. Crows, yeah. Oh, God. All right, so Tasha, how are you holding up? I mean, it's the last season of Arrow. I am. Um... I'm good. <laughs> I feel like I'm with Steve. The show ended at seven seven twenty two. It's done. This is their best of highlight reel. You know, uh, eight oh one was season one. The Deathstroke story from season two is happening in the flash forward. This episode was flashback to Hong Kong. I think that's the way to end it. That's the way to go out the final season. Just your highlight reel, bring back all the characters you want to bring back and have him learn whatever last special lesson he needs to learn to be the ultimate superhero and save everybody before he, you know, retires to a beach in Aruba with his wife as he deserves because that's what he deserves. Thank <laughs> but, you. Thank you. He's not dead. Uh-huh. He's not dead. He's dead. Like I I, of all the things, that is the thing I'm least worried about. I don't care how they do it. I'm not even worried about that. They already told me he's not dead. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I'm you. Not worried about it. I. Think, you, you know I who else like isn't dead, us, Tasha? Uh, Barry Allen. Thank you. All right, yeah. moving on. <laughs> <Not dead. laughs> it, it, and it's worse with Barry because he said the Flash has to die. He didn't say anything about Barry Allen. Right. He A-Berry. told Oliver that Oliver Queen's gonna die. He yeah. told Barry oh. the Flash is going to die. That's there brilliant. Yeah. There is Earth ninety Flash. Yep. There's a bunch of Flashes. Any Flash can die. Yep. He can lose his powers. He'll still be Barry Allen. He just won't be the Flash. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So I'm not worried about Barry. And I already know. I mean, the casual viewer. I feel like there's a difference between. People who podcast, people who are in fandom, and the casual viewer. The majority of the casual viewers, if you hit any like YouTube comment section, they honest to God believe that Oliver Queen is dead. They saw a gravestone. They think he's dead. Those <laughs> people. For them. But the rest of us are like, uh, Felicity didn't need a portal and a god to get to her husband if he was dead. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, maybe going to Valhalla together. You know, the monitors. You know, doing you, Oliver, doing Oliver solid for like, you know, leaving his you, family. Have you yeah. seen Supernatural? I don't know. That could work these days. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's very much one of those situations where he's like, "All right, you're gonna get me some um, particles over here. You're gonna get me a doctor over there. He's just gonna send him to get all these things to build whatever he wants to build." And then he's going to be like, you know what, Oliver, for a little while, you're going to be the specter. We're going to throw this ghost in you for a bit. You're going to go fight this guy. You're going to go defeat this guy. And then you're kind of going to die. 
but you're not really going to die because everybody's going to think you're dead and they're going to mourn you and it's going to be like, oh my God, he was the best superhero in the whole wide world. And I'm going to dump you on a beach over here and in 20 years, I'm going to dump your wife right next to you and you guys can just relax. That's, that's it. That's how I feel like the show is ending. So I'm just not bothered. What about, um, what are your thoughts on the Diggle brother drama in 2040 Star City? I like it. I think it's a great parallel for um, John and Andy. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, John has always been like the good stalwart brother. And you didn't really expect that his son, biological son, would be the one that, um, that goes dark. But, I mean, if you look at it, now that we know that our Lila is Harbinger, he's going to grow up with his mom, his Harbinger, who has superpowers, who flies and makes duplicates of herself. That's weird. And if Dig actually ends up becoming Green Lantern, then that's weird. And he's going to have a little brother all of a sudden that he's probably going to be responsible for and that's going to be like, all right, my parents are a disaster and now I have to be responsible for somebody else and yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's what's going to lead to him just going down the wrong path. But I think it's it's an interesting story for them to explore with with the two of them, which I'm hoping they do a far better job than they did with, you know, Dick and Andy the first time around. And I think it gives them the opportunity to do the opposite. Like his brother doesn't have to die. There's a chance for him to actually be redeemed and for them to save each other as opposed to as opposed to what John and Andy did, which was kill was one kill the other one. Yeah, I I think in this episode, it was the first time when I really paid attention to what was happening in the flash forwards. I'll admit that. And um, it was because there was some good acting and that dialogue between them as brothers um, was really well written for me because you 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 understand both sides of it. I mean, you understand the little brother's perspective and the big brother's perspective and how a family, it it is that time when you constantly are, let's rewind and replay the tape and then let's pause and we will see both sides and how there's a misunderstanding. So I, I hope they flesh that out more. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just curious about which one of the brothers is going to get Maya. Um <laughs> I'm I'm just saying sometimes I mean, we, we watch these melodramas for a reason. Yeah, we got smoking hot <laughs> on one side, we got Death Star on the other side. I mm-hmm. mean it's messy, but it's actually very interesting. Messy, but it's CW. Okay. One question about like the flashboards, which I feel like I understood, but I'm not sure. They um the entire setup was to get JJ and me and the rest of them to come. Like they stole something. They got the um the flash drive. William got the flash drive. He fixed it. Is it because and then they went after William. Is it because like William is super rich and he's like trying to reunify the um Star City with the Glades and um JJ doesn't want that. Is that why he's going after William? No. Then why is he going after William? Um, William is um, Felicity Smoke's son. Not biologically, but pretty much um, a replica. Um, I'm, I still want to see evidence that they don't share DNA. Because I'm, seriously. <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. The um, and, comment did me in from last year. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Where, where is Samantha in each child? Because she's just not there. There's she's no, gone. There's barely any other. Like there's dead, no dead, dead. there either. It's just it's she's he is Felicity Smoke and that is it. And that's yeah. awesome. And therefore he is Lois Lane. And <laughs> he, he he's a hacker. He's got skills. He needed to I think why they what really happened is they wanted him to decrypt that flash drive only to then steal it from him and also be sure to have leverage over Connor and friends. 
um, so that they could easily still keep the flash drive because on it, I think they there was probably bank records and a lot of financial documents that could be manipulated to even get more money. But I don't know. It's just how I thought. Oh, I don't because one of the when he opened it, one of the things that was there was his name. And that's why I was just like, well, why? Like, why do they want, is it a list of the richest people in the city and they're going after all those people? Like, why do you- With all of their bank accounts? Yeah, all I saw was like his name and it was just a bunch of names on the list. So maybe it's just a a list of the wealthiest people and their bank accounts. But it was just Maybe it's a burn book. (laughs) maybe it's a list of everyone who will die in crisis. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or who died, yeah. Uh, or maybe or maybe it's maybe it's Mia's Mia's notebook. Like, you know, as far as how Oliver had his you know Robert's yeah. list, this could be this could be Mia's who's list. Gonna have to deal with. Yeah. Maybe it's Santa's list. <laughs> maybe it's a list <laughs> it's just a list it's just a list yeah maybe it's pandas <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it, it, was just, it was a little it was just one of those things I was just like why Why is this happening but, it, but you know Speaking it's horrible, about... so there isn't really a reason for anything sometimes and that's just okay and on that note um my other question and my last question for you tasha about arrow is the canary show oh boy yes i i went there i'm just curious about your thoughts because i will admit watching this episode in particular i fast forward through probably a good 20 minutes any of the scenes with laurel lance i was like uh not interested yeah Okay, so for me, I never hated Laurel. I just didn't care. That's always been my issue with the character. I just didn't care. The majority of the time, her storyline just made no sense. They weren't consistent with the writing for the character. And I just was like, I can't take it anymore. You've made me dislike this character and have no interest in her. Then they brought Black Siren. And I was like, okay, I like her. She's evil. I kind of like that. But then they turned her back into Laurel, who I didn't care about in the first place. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And then when they decided, okay, her dynamic with Felicity, that was great. But then they sent her back to her Earth, and all of her development happened over there. We didn't yeah. see any of it. Her bond mm-hmm. with her sister happened over there. They flat out told us, hey, she's not dating Chase, so that Whatever that was happened over there. And now she's mourning all these people. And I'm like, but we never saw you have a relationship with any of these people. So I can't feel your pain or your grief because I don't connect to that. Seriously. Oliver putting on his wedding ring. I connect to that because I saw him marry this woman. I saw him have a relationship. I didn't see any of those relationships. So I don't care. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, okay, we're going to develop a spinoff around this character who's always been consistent inconsistently written it's just always been poorly written and they underdeveloped and even when the actress is putting the work in for it they don't put the writing in for it and then Dinah has just always been she's a flip-flop character she wants to be a canary then she doesn't she (laughs) wants vigilantes then she doesn't (laughs) yeah yeah but let's not give Katie Cassidy too much credit there because Katie Cassidy for me is like Ruby Rose for Will. Wooden. (laughs) (laughs) Wooden. (laughs) And I I think a lot of it was, I honestly believe it's miscasting. I just think she was poorly cast. I've seen her in other things and I've, when she was in Melrose Place, I will be perfectly honest. She was probably my favorite character on that one season of the show. Honestly, that was the character that I liked the most. I just don't think she was well cast for this part and they've never put the writing in. So there's nothing for her to do and there's nothing for me to connect to. And I'm just like, I don't see why we need to have a spinoff. I understand that she has her fan base, but I don't see why we need to add this character to the spinoff, what it's going to benefit. And 
I feel like that decision was purely marketing, not story. Marketing. Oh, they want to yeah. have a black canary that people recognize to connect because Mia is a female green arrow that they're like, okay, we're doing a completely different spin on this character and people might yeah. not connect to that. So we're going to add something that people are already connected to. And here's your spinoff. Yeah. Well, and, and, and another thing too, I mean, this is just a pilot backdoor pilot this season. There's there, they haven't been signed to series yet. So we'll see if people actually tune in for it. And yeah. so it's, it's not guaranteed. Uh, nobody's going to tune into. Well, I think people will tune in for it, but I it just shocks me if it was purely for marketing and profit. Considering Arrow has had not the best ratings in a while, so you're already taking probably your least watched Arrowverse show and now making a spinoff of it because it's ending. And and you're utilizing characters that the audience have been split over for all of its run like yeah. every, anyone who has and and i love how you put it tasha because i've said very similar sentiments laurel is the most inconsistently incons- inconsistent characters on tv like period and that's that so and, and she's so decisive some people love her some people hate her some people blame the writing some people blame katie cassidy some people blame both um how is that going to really flagship its own show? Like you're only going to get a half of the audience, if that, and maybe a few others. And then you have the the hazard that is coming called Harley Quinn yeah. <laughs> and the Birds of Prey movie. Oh, yeah. So yeah, and you'll have the Harley Quinn. A big block on any you know mm-hmm. characters that they want to use. They're not going to be able to use in this because they want them for the movies. And I honestly, the reason I say I feel like it's marketing is because they're like, okay, they feel like Kat already has the Shadowhunters fan base. She already has a good portion of the Elicity fan base because she's the Elicity baby. And then they have Katie Cassidy who has her Black Canary fan base. And they're like, okay, we're hoping we can smush these fan bases together. And this is going to be our viewership. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to carry this show. And they don't care. I mean, CW doesn't care about ratings. They care about merchandising. They care about, you know. Cat really is the Elicity baby. I mean, God. That casting. And and they, they, this, from what I see, this network drives on. They love that she has a fan base who did what the Elicity fan base did, which was get billboards and do all mm-hmm. that stuff because mm-hmm. they don't have to do any real PR because the fans will do it for them. Right. Yeah. right. They're so cheap. they're just they're like, all right, we're going yeah, to use this to drive it. We don't need to spend a lot of money. We can just reuse old sets. And this is going to be the show that we're going to we're gonna build. And ratings don't really matter. I mean, they've renewed shows with like 300,000 viewers for yeah. how many seasons recurring. They don't really care. They just want to get enough episodes if they get to what is it 88 for them yeah. to be able to be like all right we're gonna dump you on netflix they get buckets of money we're gonna throw you yep. to tnt more money for them they could care less about the ratings so that's what they're gonna do yeah yeah yep. yeah and on that note um so a star wars trailer <laughs> <laughs> i know we, just just trying to wrap up the show i mean we could probably um spend another hour talking about um how what a bunch of cheap bastards CW really are. And yet we continue <laughs> yeah, watching their shows. <laughs> um, but Star Wars dropped in episode nine, the final trailer. Um, Raylo is coming. And I have not watched it. I haven't watched the trailer. I don't you want didn't to miss, watch the, tra- you the didn't trailer. Miss you didn't miss anything. You really I did. I saw your tweet about it and I was like, okay, well, I'm glad <laughs> I didn't watch it. I'll just wait yeah. for the movie. Some of those like really major trailers, I tend to not watch them because I'm just like, I feel like it's going to set me up and then I'm going to start thinking about well, stuff in my head. And then when the movie yeah. comes and be like, no, this doesn't make me happy. So no, I- see, no, you wouldn't have had that would have been your reaction because in all three, all three trailers, they haven't told us a damn thing about what's going on. It's just all been eye candy. And that's why I loved it. It's, it's, it's great. It's not supposed to tell you you're going to buy your ticket. Well, that's just it. Yeah. Well, yeah. They don't, they really don't need. Yeah. I mean, at this point it's just like, okay, 
Well, and I guess that's what pissed me off so much about the trailer was that give me something, give me something. I, I, you know, the 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 one that was at D twenty three actually got me like super hyped for the movie. Uh, you know, to seeing Darth Ray and and the, the battle on the Death Star and and with Raylo and stuff. I mean, that got me excited. This one got me pissed off. I'm like, damn it. I'm so uh, glad you said Raylo right now. It's it's just are <laughs> are you a Raylo sh- Raylo shipper, Tasha? No. Okay, get off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I just I need I need this to happen, and that's you, I was probably I was, gonna, you, you, you I get it. Against it. I just though I just I've just never you know. Well, you will be after episode nine. (laughs) Will, and you know this, I I told you I was on the fence about even watching the trailer. I didn't realize you were handing out passes like you gave to Tasha to not watch the trailer. I thought it was homework, (laughs) okay? So we'll take that out back show no 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 okay, my turn okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> well i didn't want to say anything because I, I didn't want to get yelled at but i'll get yelled at after the show <laughs> so i watched the trailer but i'll admit i skipped through parts because i just wanted to see i just wanted the experience you know I, i'm craving for some excitement and and there's some lines and there's some clips where i'm just like you know i don't want to get my expectations high However, after watching that trailer, there is some clear indication that my dreams are going to come true. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to make a fan vid of it. Versions, yeah. like PG-13, I don't know. I don't know. But I just, it's really hard when you're a shipper to get off the ship. And my ship hasn't even, like, it, we, we haven't even set sail yet. Kind of in a way, we kind of did during Last Jedi, but not really. It started momentum, and and it's like it's like um, and Tasha, this I know you are a shipper. Um, it's like being on the Claroline ship. Oh man, um, which was the hardest ship I have ever been on. Huh. It made me sick, but I love it, and I still yeah. love it, and I still watch fan vids to this day. Yeah. That, oh my god, I love them. Like you saw, I you probably saw it because I posted a clip from that scene. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this is totally a Mia and um, a Mia and JJ scene because that scene with Klaus and Caroline. I was just like, yeah, yeah. this is that. You gotta love it. There are certain things that you're just like, oh, I want this to happen. It's gonna be great. So yeah, it's, totally it's understand be- where you're coming it's from. Beauty and the Beast. Okay, mm-hmm. anytime there's that character. They think they're bad. They think they're awful. The girl comes in and makes him realize he's not bad. There is a redemption quality. And and this is why we get it in our heads that we can fix men. Okay, this is really turning into a weird podcast, Will, and you're not helping yeah. me out at all. I, I just, I'm enjoying the shit. <laughs> I just love, I, I'm loving hearing you psychoanalyze yourself over, over the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to wrap. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we have some, well, yeah. I mean, we could, well, I guess we could end on that. Well, I, I guess, sad note that uh, I guess Cloak and Dagger finally got, uh, but we got word that it got canceled today. Oh gosh, I knew it. I just knew it when they when they got rid of the shows on um, Netflix. It was just and Punisher yeah. was the last one. I think when they announced Punisher, I think I tweeted, "Oh man, they are totally going to end um, Cloak and Dagger, and they're going to end the Runaways because they want to put everything on Disney Plus." Yeah, yeah, it, it's totally yeah. It, I saw earlier in the week, I guess, uh, Jeff Loeb, who was the uh, head of Marvel Television, uh, I guess even prior to Kevin Feige being named creative control officer for for the Marvel Studios and how everything is going to fold it up under under that, uh, I guess he was already planning on leaving. And I guess with Feige you know, building his, building that, getting the complete empire of Marvel, uh, that dad, yeah, I just put to write it on the wall and, and it's unfortunate because I, I i know the ratings were down the show this last season uh, and uh, freeform does not give as much rope as as the cw does but uh i, I was really disappointed to see that they weren't going to get a, another season i know that i know um 
Tandy and Tyrone are going to be on Runaways for crossover. So I was like, oh, maybe it gets two and a half. But uh, and the other thing, I, I was reading a Deadline article too. I think that also contributed to it was, I guess, the options on the uh, actors' contracts were, were coming up. So that also contributed to the uh, ease of, I guess, made it easy for them to make the decision. Yeah. All right. Point. Well, Tasha, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show, and you will be invited back in the future after we have some crisis and some more breakdowns. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hindsight20, H-I-N-D-S-I-T-E-2-0. And Will, where can our listeners find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk, that's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. You can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>